Guys, welcome to the show. I am uh, Michael David, your host today. Unfortunately, we are missing our co-host, actually premier host, Anthony Milton, eight-figure CEO of Tilted Concepts. But today, it's not about us. It is about two incredibly busy and drink spilling. It's okay, white pants. <laughs> uh, female entrepreneurs of Houston, Texas that have faced their own struggles this past year amidst the uh, living the American dream. But we have with us Amanda Abiyasi, if I pronounce that correctly. Yes, sir, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> and Nira. <sighs> Padidar. Padidar. Is that correct? She says it fancy. It's Padidar. Padidar. That's a white way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to take that out. <laughs> oh, we're going to leave that in. <laughs> so, ladies, thank you for coming in today. Uh, really do appreciate you coming up all the way up north. South Dallas. It's cool. So, <laughs> South, South Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> you haven't hit Bucky's yet. So you're not <laughs> really on your way to Dallas this until you true. hit that Bucky's threshold. That's <laughs> kind of the away. gateway. It's one exit away. <laughs> <laughs> so Amanda, um, both of you guys have been, and of course I also kind of went through your Instagrams and you guys go way back mm -hmm. just as a friendship and just in women, just, making change together. So kind of give us a little backstory, you know, Amanda, you know, what you do and kind of how you two met. Okay. Do you want to tell you the story first. about how we met initially? <laughs> when I was driving down Westheimer? Yeah. So it was an early morning around 4.35 o'clock. I was driving down Westheimer and I see this girl on the side, one heel on, one heel off. <laughs> Mascara running down her face, her hair all crazy. And Sound she was like a crying. Movie. So I felt bad and I was like, you know, do you need any help? And it was Amanda. That's how we first met. There's a whole lot of. It's context a total lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's my story I tell people. <laughs> that sounds like a movie script right there, actually. I'm trying to think, what movie did I see? <laughs> uh, no, so we met through charity. We actually met through a, um, a very good mutual friend of ours. Um, through I was doing Jamie's Hope stuff at the time. And so she had brought Nira to one of our kickoff events. And so that's when I initially met her. And then I actually was going through, excuse me, a really rough time personally. And her and um, the, our mutual friend, her name's Angela, um, just kind of, we just almost immediately um, just came together and they were there for me during that time. And so we built a, a strong friendship very quickly because it was kind of a really crappy time for me personally. Mm -hmm. So, um, but so we just, we started, we hung out all the time from there on. We did events together, all kinds of stuff. And then she actually came onto the board of Jamie's Hope um, for what, four years, something like that. Um, so we did a lot of that stuff. And then in 2016, uh, she was really pushed me to start, uh, start our own business together called Elevate. So I resigned from Jamie's Hope and we started that in 2016. And, and so that is working with professional athletes and their nonprofit organizations we throw like high-end charity events okay so let's go back what is you mentioned jamie's hope what is that so it's a local nonprofit uh that was started by my best friend um from high school in 2012 and it supports um it raises funds for md anderson cancer it's actually targeted therapy cancer research it's very specific mm -hmm. the funding is raised for they also help um cancer patients and their families who are struggling 
um, through their angel tree program or their they do bald is beautiful where they take like it's primarily women but they take men and women and children and do these really elaborate beautiful photo shoots for them because that's a really hard time when you've lost your eyebrows and your eyelashes and your hair and all that kind yeah. of stuff so they do different programs for them so it's really jamie didn't end up passing she lost she you know struggled with cancer since she was 14 and she passed a year ago year and a half ago okay so I have a friend of mine, actually, she reached out to me, you know, did photography for a long time and her mom uh, was battling cancer and lost her hair. And she asked if I would do a photo shoot with them and still to this day, you know, Facebook with their memories and mm -hmm. she'll post it. Uh, you know, it's a lot of our identity is caught up in things on, our, you know, that we wear and our hair and all that. And uh, they were honestly, of course, you, you know me, my candid style that I love to do, which you guys just experienced a little bit. <laughs> uh was something that she to this day she like it's like you captured my mom yeah. like there's there's an element when you you're able to just embrace where you are and just forget about all that for a bit when all the lights are on you and you just kind of have a little bit of a, a vacation from all that mm -hmm. you know yeah that's incredible you guys actually set that up because i i'd never been asked before you know and mm -hmm. it was um that production it it was hard for me. I had to kind of detach emotionally. Right. Um, but f getting photographs of, you know, a mother and a daughter, um, you know, and a father together, that is a hugely emotional moment mm -hmm. because you know, those photos are going to be the legacy that's on a wall. It's going to be a photo album. It's going to be a memory that forever. is forever going to take people back to that emotional. And it's so special for them. It is. And mm -hmm. that's amazing. You guys would set that up. And yes. on top of it, we bring in, makeup artists and just make them look really yeah make the them feel thing. really beautiful yeah. yeah and they've done experiences too like one time they got this little boy who was going through it they were able to um uh, link up with the rockets and mm -hmm. so they took him to he got to meet um james harden is that his name okay um <laughs> i don't know basketball so they got him to meet with him like they got to go practice on the court with them and it was actually like in wow. louisiana like they were at an away game or whatever okay. and they and so just kind of really cool experiences that they've gotten to do, you know, over the years. So now, how did you make those connects? I mean, cause I, I mean, that's. Well, honestly at the very big, well, okay. So when it comes to the Texans, um, Jamie, uh, Jamie's hope, Jamie and her husband, Garrick, um, since the very beginning have had front row seats right behind the Texans at the time defense bench, which is so much better than the offense bench. <laughs> offense bench is boring. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, the, um, but now when O'Brien came, he switched them in the main room. Anyway, so he made a lot English. of stupid shit. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but just from being on that front row, Jamie is like a big, she's a big sign person. She always makes signs. And we knew, um, I was friends with uh, Joanna Marks, who is Hannah McNair's twin sister. Okay. And so just from having her influence um, and then also just being right there, we'd uh, we'd get, you know, attention yeah from them and so just through that whenever we first started jamie's hope the very first gala we threw was at river oaks country club in three months i was gonna die um but we but we got several of the texas players there and it was and just from there just yeah mm -hmm. that's how it started and we've just developed relationships with some of them and a lot of former players too mm -hmm. yeah so from a entrepreneurial standpoint a lot of people you know really try to do event management and throw parties and things <laughs> mm -hmm. like that there, there is a level of, oh my God, can I do this to how am I going to do this? Right. Mm -hmm, People, mm -hmm. sometimes they look at a, at something that they've never done before. It could be huge, but they want it to succeed. Mm -hmm. What was it that you think 
got you over the hump of imposter syndrome, can I do this to I'm going to do this? Like, what do you think was that, that nugget? Or did you have somebody pushing you like Nira? Uh, or was it just second guessing yourself every step of the way? I think it was, um, here's a situation, my friend needs help, and I'm gonna throw you in the grease, and we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it literally was like, especially that first one, because I've always done like parties or whatever, but it would be like, like, at the club or it, you know, or we did like a derby party yeah. or, you know, things like that. Like it was never, it would be like, not at this scale. Yeah. Nothing like that. When you're spending 80 grand on an event and luckily we had some help with funding and stuff like that to get that started. But I had never walked in the doors of River Oaks country club before. Like, and then now here we're throwing this huge event in three One months. Event, yeah. In front of all these people who know what the hell this is supposed to look like. And the event <laughs> is thrown to raise money. Right? To, you right. have to raise money, auctions and stuff like that. So yeah, so you have yeah. to hope that Major under you cover your overhead and you raise money. Yeah. So did you know going in what this thing was going to cost and what you had to raise? I mean, no, really, no. The first just time, just be no. super honest. Like no. no, like it was, it was. Jamie had a vision. Her husband, he's he's does well, and so mm. he was funding the vision. And mm. initially, it was for you know. Um, her specific type of cancer, but it's so rare. She was like, doesn't, doesn't help enough people. Mm. So that's when she started funding the targeted therapy. Um, but no, when it came to like the event stuff, it was crazy. Like just, we were working, like spending the weekends at the office with like a handful of volunteers, a lot like, of volunteers. It was crazy. But wow. I mean, I guess that's how you learn. Sometimes you give me a deadline. I'm going to wait about three months before. And then <laughs> It's <laughs> true. So you thrive in procrastination. She I actually flourishes do. in procrastination. <laughs> it's it's I'm the, laying there like it's fine. <laughs> that's okay. funny because I mean a lot of people, uh, some people have said procrastination is a negative trait. I've heard other people say that it's actually a positive trait because it allows people to focus because mm -hmm. they need that intensive uh, pressure. Push that pressure, yeah, yeah. That they're going to make it. it it's and almost I actually enjoy it. Do you, really, yeah. you don't get like uh, unhealthy anxiety from yes, it? Yes, she does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And my oh. husband's like, can you balance some shit out? Or is this just going to how our life is going to be? I'm just like, here I'm you like, go. Three months on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, three months on, three months off, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> You'll survive. So after you got your first one underneath your belt, because um, both of you guys did that together, right? That was just, I wasn't in the picture at that time. Okay. So just when did. about a year later. A year later. So how she many had you done? me yet. <laughs> The confidence backbone of the of the deal here. That's it's uh, that's good. I like that backbone. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> Why are you gonna leave it alone? Oh God, Nira. Jeez, <laughs> I see. Uh, Wait, did you sign the waiver that we brought you? Did I did you? not, and I think I should have. <laughs> I'm second like, guessing no, that move now. <laughs> yeah, very vulnerable at this point. Um. So in that year time after your first event, how many how many others had you done? Um, so we immediately after that went into um, fundraising. And did it do well, the, by, the, by the way? Yes. Yes. It was a success. I, I, don't, I don't remember how much exactly we raised, but we were happy with the results. The, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was even I had, it was so sweet that um, Lara Bell, she does mm -hmm. absolutely. Oh, I think they just recently changed it. It's a local magazine and memorial. Mm. Um, just for not the memorial myself, area. I can't remember what yeah. it's called. Um, but she actually came up and she was like, I just want to let you know that I've been to plenty of galas at Rivers Country Club and y'all just did an amazing job and transformed the room. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, 
Yeah. So sweet. Like was that was it, nice to have yeah, somebody like that. Like no, I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I was so I was so overwhelmed. It was so it was very emotional. Just oh, get it together, early. lady. I know. But then we, after that, so we went straight into um, another raising money or doing planning an event uh, to raise money for the Angel Tree program, which I love that program. Absolutely love it. So what is that program? So it's under Jamie Soap, and it is um, they take families who are it's usually families who are you don't know if they're going to even make it to Christmas or you know the person that's under or maybe their last Christmas, right? Like that, yeah. which we've had several of those, which is kind of sucks because every year when we would get up when we talk about it, it's like we always have to honor somebody that didn't make it the yeah. year before. So that kind of yeah. that's ugh. yeah, we never get through that crap without crying. So, um, but basically they take the families and they, they take care of all of their Christmas. And so sometimes it's families that even parking at MD Anderson is, is insane. Expensive. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's like every 20 day. bucks a day yeah. or something mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, but like, so they're just really struggling and we take them and then we find out exactly what they want. So it's not like we're just gathering a bunch of toys and handing it over to them. It's sometimes specific. it's your bills. It's some, it's your, it's it your wish list. Too. It's your, it's your, it depends on if it's a a woman or a child it's just your wish list yeah they, they pick a certain amount of families and then we have a gathering like we usually do it at capital grill right for many years for many years capital grill, yeah. and they cover like appetizers and you know like cocked, a couple of cocktails mm-hmm. and everyone comes there and we just raise money and and then when the time comes during christmas volunteers are packaging all the uh, gifts like wrapping them up and it's like thousands and thousands of gifts and personally Go deliver it to the families. So a lot of this is based on need. They know what the families need. Right, hundred yeah. percent. That yeah. it's a communication, and we, they work with. Um, like Cindy was the one who normally would do it, but she'd Jamie's work sister. Yes, okay. and she'd work with, um, like the, the, caseworkers at the mm-hmm. hospitals to make sure because yeah. you do have people that like take advantage of the system. Right. Sure. So we'd work with people who who knew the families, who knew their situation, and then um, and then find out like if if you love this if it's kids like what are they into right now and you know stuff like that and and then also work with people who would there's this like this one guy that would come and meet cindy at the gallery mall and spend a thousand dollars on specific things that families needed or whatever so yeah. just so depending on how much we raise is how much we can give to the more we raise the more families get right it's tough to pick and the families, more families though. yeah that you it's can tough ha- to pick though you know you can't say how do you pick it's oh yeah it's i'm it's not part not, of that i, I couldn't do it Oh, no. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I mean, because I, I, I can only assume, I mean, I've had some family that have had terminal illness and th- they weren't necessarily in a place of need, but I'm sure there are a lot of families that, I mean, it's, it's the medical bills and the treatments oh, and yeah. a lot of them don't have insurance. And so everything's just stacking Even up with insurance. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, what is the audit process when you have these people, whether it be caseworkers? Because I think there's some there's a human level where you don't necessarily want to say you you need help, mm-hmm. right? right? So is it the caseworkers? You don't want to be a charity. You don't want to be a charity case. Yeah. Right. That does happen too. Yeah. And and also like what we do is we take the family and then we get their story and then we share their story, mm-hmm. right? So there's also an element of of okay, do I want my personal pictures out there of my family mm. and I'm asking right. for you're help, vulnerable. you know, like, yeah, yeah. you're putting yourself out yeah. there, which is tough. Yeah. So some, in an age of GoFundMe that, and yeah. a yeah. lot of people were just oh really just take advantage. GoFundMe's is so mm. yeah. gross. It's just sad. So, uh, you know, that was with Jamie's hope, correct? Mm-hmm. And you, um, was that a tough parting? 
Because you, you don't work with Jamie's Hope anymore, right. correct? Right. Um, yes. Mm. It was um, because I love Jamie. I love the, what she's doing, the organization. Like, And I felt like if I left, I actually got Cindy on full-time. Her sister. Yeah, her sister okay. to, to uh, work with me. But it was just, I was just at a place of severe burnout. It was mm. about three years after. And, and just. Well, that's a hard momentum. Do what? That's a hard momentum to maintain. Oh yeah, but it's just it's kind of like in a lot of nonprofits, especially nonprofits, you're relying on volunteers, and yeah. you're basically uh, if they're not totally on board with volunteering and and really passionate about it, then you're literally just like herding cats. Like it's right, you don't have a good support system, you know that kind of stuff. So I was just at the point, but yeah, that took me. That was really hard on me, on my family. Even I mean, Nero was there the whole time. Like it was devastating to me like I went through mm. major emotional crap about leaving there but I just I had to do it for yeah. me and for where I was and then yeah. for my family Nira so when you came on you you connected with Amanda about a year in um had you already had for those that don't know you're the owner of uh, Ruggles Black mm-hmm. off of Kirby correct mm-hmm. um, right by Twin Peaks <laughs> really yeah. is it really oh didn't you get so excited all of a sudden <laughs> Is it, is it really? I saw your face light up. Really? <laughs> I guess you're going to come by now, huh? <laughs> Actually, uh, one of our staff uh, loves your place. Oh, really? Awesome. Mm-hmm. She goes there a lot. Um, how long have, had you had Ruggles before you had connected with uh, with Amanda? I think it's the very beginning. Really? Yeah. Well, I had, yeah, a res- I had Nosh before that, a restaurant before that in the same location. Okay. And that's what, a year and a half. And then right after that, it was Ruggles Black. Yeah. How did you even get into the restaurant space as a rent- as a restaurateur? Why did I even get into it? I don't recommend it. <laughs> don't do it. I mean, it's a love-hate relationship. Uh-huh. But um, my thought process was for my mom. My mm. mom, growing up in a big family, extended big family, she always, she's an amazing cook. And my background is Indian, so she always would make with the, you know, the pasta or enchilada. She'd always have our flavors in it. So she was always very fusion when she cooked. That is so fantastic. And growing up, I still remember it was in third grade and I would always hear her say like, when everything calms down in life, I want to open up a place one day. And she never did. So I actually mm. did it for my mom. Okay, so to just up and open a restaurant. Well, my first company when I was 28, 29 was an energy company. And then from there I sold it. And then I have an importing company, which I still have. And in, in, I have an office in China. And then I opened up the restaurant and then I. We did so that gave you the liquidity to be able to open up the restaurant. Liquidity and Ruggles Black, my partner, um, Chef Bruce Molzan, he's been a big influence in the Houston area for about 37 years. Like wow. Ruggles name, Ruggles at the Ballpark, Ruggles yep. Sex Fit, like big name. Ruggles Green. Ruggles Green, yep. yeah, sold mm-hmm. those. Consulted with Ruggles Green and that's how we connected and he said, I just love the way you cook. Let's do something together. So his French American and my Indian Asian, we fused it and we have Ruggles Black. And it's like food coma. It's so good. Yeah, Very when I was looking healthy. at the Instagram, yeah. well, it was the healthy. first keto paleo. Yes, correct. Okay. So a lot good. of people don't like keto paleo because of the way it tastes, but because we put a lot of our Indian flavors in it, they love mm-hmm. it. It's so good. Well, that's what, uh, that's what Morgan was saying. Everything's it, it, fresh. Mm-hmm. All the meat, everything. There's no freezer. We don't have a freezer. Yeah, no okay. freezer. So they have to get it that day and cook it that mm-hmm. day. So everything is like super fresh. So are you there every day? Not uh, in the beginning. Yes, crazy. Mm-hmm. 
first few years. And then after that, kind of tapered down. My mm. goal is now to expand the concept. Mm-hmm. And after this pandemic, back there are more than I would like to not be. <laughs> <laughs> so is the Ruggles brand, is that a franchisable model or you just buy the rights to use the name? Like how did that come about? No, it's in the process of being a franchisable model, yeah. Okay. So how many well, are we there? own the rights to the name. Yes, correct. Gotcha. Okay. And how long has that one been open? Seven years. Wow. It's been seven years. It's gone by fast, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> many a cocktails. I'm still that. alive. <laughs> <laughs> and wearing heels. <laughs> At what point did you, because you came, how did you even get into the energy sector? I mean, how did that come about? Because I've been a nerd most of my life. <laughs> no, for real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she's met so many of my high school friends and they're like, yeah, she's a nerd. No kidding. We, like, we don't know what's happening here. But now she's I'm like, calm her down. Can you calm her down? <laughs> <laughs> like, I finished college in three years, right? It was one of those things where I just wanted to, like. Where'd you go? SMU. Okay. I know. See? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I've, uh, my wife's cousin went to SMU, actually. Uh, I grew up in the Plano, Dallas area. I remember okay. going to that area quite a bit. Um, I'm not a fan of Dallas. Yeah, she hates Dallas. Really? I, the people that are just awful. It's different. Look at this. Look, she's nodding yes. <laughs> it's different. It's pretentious and fraud. It. Well. Fake. Just kidding, Dallas. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> oh, since you are. New opening next year. <laughs> <You are> literally. <laughs> I am opening in Dallas. So I'm thinking about next couple of years. Dallas. Love you guys. Nira, that's going to be some fun PR. <laughs> Good job. Way to Aww. preface that whole. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, they all love me. Our PR did cause a PR nightmare. She did. Yeah. Our PR. So my PR for the welcome. restaurant is also our PR for our um, events. nonprofit events. Okay. And she calls us a PR nightmare. Like, you're welcome. Challenge accepted. Wow, she must drink a lot. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> she yells it just a lot. Does a lot. It just she does this a lot. lot. She yells oh a lot. Oh, my God. She's, ang- <laughs> she's angry spice. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, shh, take, take a sip. <laughs> So you graduated college in early 20s, and <laughs> how did you end up Sorry. early 20s? It's true. Way early. <laughs> uh, how did you end up owning your own energy company? So I partnered up with a few guys here in town, and um, my background, hotels, gas stations, like these are all our, all my people. So that's, that's your family? That, like, family that's, that was your family, family come up? Community, everything, yes. Okay. So when the market deregulated in Houston, that was the first thing we went after. Gotcha. Think about hotels and gas stations. You can't survive without electricity. Yeah. But because we had relationships with those communities, that's how we were able to build a business. Okay. Here and in Dallas. Okay. <laughs> so with a family that just to come up with all of that, um, who is probably your, your biggest inspiration to go, I can do this? Hmm. Like from the beginning? I guess your dad. I was going to say my dad. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we butt heads quite a bit, but they're the alike? same people. They're the uh, same people. Yeah. She's going to be mad that I said that, but they aren't the same people. <laughs> Stop looking. I want to disown my child. Calm down. <laughs> and throughout the years, uh, my mom, obviously my mom, and then my son. He's my biggest reason to keep hustling. How old's your son? 15. My son turns 15 next month. How exciting, right? It is weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I was going to say that too, but mm. he's it so is big. so strange. Yeah, it feels weird. I'm like, that's not mine. First yeah. off, you're not like, that's not, you're like, that's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah. now. <laughs> he's like three inches taller than you know. Okay, why, why do we got to go there? Okay, but in real life, I'm like, ha ha ha. I'm like, now she's like yelling up. I'm like, shh. 
Calm down, Pip. <laughs> Chihuahua. Chihuahua. <laughs> so rude, see? Oh, why I put up with you. <laughs> so, Nir, do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. How many? Two. I'm the youngest of three. My sister, my brother, and then me. Okay. So, uh, as you were growing up, did you guys just, was it kind of following the family where you just worked a lot? Were you kind of in the family business of whatever your family was doing? So, my your sister dad uh, married into the family business, with the, which is hotels. Mm-hmm. My brother decided not to be part of it, so he's in IT because just didn't want to because of mm-hmm. my dad. And then I just ventured on my own path, which wasn't acceptable in the household, but it was fine. They, really? they now accept me and love me. Why is that? <laughs> they, my dad was a very anti-restaurant. He was like, nope, that's not, a, that's not a good business. Bad experience? No, just financially, money-wise. like It's a big risk. It's a big risk, yeah. And he's all about taking big risks, but not in that department. Okay. Too, too, man, too much, um, what's the word? Like he, he'll take a big risk on a big investment, mm-hmm. but not on when there's too many variables. Yes, correct. That's the right word. Because mm-hmm. of you depend on your staff. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You, you depend on a server to give you a bad, good or bad reputation. Yeah. Which is tough. It's like having a forty babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam's like. Sam knows about that. Huh? Yeah, Sam knows about that. <laughs> um, Babysitting adults. So when you mm-hmm. stepped into the energy sector, and it's kind of a, especially in Houston, kind of a good old boys club. Oh, yes. Ooh, I mean, yes. How, I mean mm-hmm. let's stick into that. Like, how did you almost Everything have Everything I've done is good old boy clubs. <laughs> even the restaurant. She, even, wishes, she yeah. wishes she was a man. I am a man. <laughs> I've grown true. some balls. <laughs> <laughs> I can't show you right now, but I will later. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to watch her Instagram. <laughs> It'll be on an Instagram story for like 24 hours. Um, Get on it. When, uh, so when you stepped into that, what was probably one of the hardest things you had to overcome, you know, when you stepped into it? Being a woman, just not taking you seriously, thinking like, okay, whatever. Lack she doesn't respect. know. Yeah, for what sure. Was the, still what, till his day. What was the, probably the first milestone that you achieved that caused the good old boys to go damn when i went to china and opened an office and said every go fuck off (laughs) yeah really Mm -hmm. because a lot of people would probably say well gosh you have to do this you have to know how to do that you have to know these channels and and mind you when i did do that and i came back i worked with a really big real estate company which i'll not name the asshole and then i got pregnant and Mm. I had a baby and literally within six weeks, I was right back. And what he had done while I was six weeks gone, he stole my business. Wow. I started all over again. Yeah. It was the most devastating moment in my life. All because, and I really do believe it's because he thought he could do whatever he could because I was a woman. Mm. And that's what was my turning point in my head. I started all over again, breastfeeding my child in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Humbling and charging at the same time. Cause it's like, how did this happen to me? How did oh, I let 100%. this happen to me? Yeah. Cause that's but clearly, that I was absolutely trust. Again, I would do it the same way. Cause it taught me a lot. I would do it the same way. It's, it's hurtful and devastating. And, and it was just, it was a bad point in my life, but I would do it again. Was it just some, a level of partnership that you just didn't see some tendencies that that would have happened? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which made me very smart after that. Was there yeah. a gut? Was there a gut feeling though at some point you're thinking? 100%. And my problem is, doesn't matter what it is, listen to your gut. I always like 
push it away and be like, no, 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 no. Like, stop. Leave your gut alone. Yeah. No, not anymore. And if you don't like it, too bad. I, I, I feel it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that path. It's funny. Cause when you don't listen to your gut, you end up gaining a lot of lesson and wisdom from it. Mm hmm but it's still at the same point, why didn't I listen to my gut? Correct. Because it could have avoided some really crazy headache. Gotta love that hindsight. Yeah. I had that. Yeah. You know, I got into business with a guy that I knew in my gut was the wrong move, but I was so optimistic with the mission that I was trying to accomplish. You kind of let that overcompensate and Correct. you keep saying, ah, oh, that's, that's doubt. You know, that's, yes, doubt or fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You give and it different for, titles when at the end of the day, it was just your gut. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you seem to look at fear, and both of you too. And as I'm getting to know you guys a little bit here, fear is the one thing you look right in the eyes and go, watch me. Oh, absolutely. It's almost like the f if, if there's not fear, there's no challenge. I, that should be every day. Here's the difference between her and me, though. She will do that, but I need a support system to help me get through that, to get over that, to say, you can do this. What is wrong with you? Like, why are you feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And that's my husband and, and Nira. Like mm. they push me to be better. And she just like, I am a Lone Ranger. I've got this. Fuck off. Rah. Well, I've gone <laughs> through a lot. <laughs> I mean, I went through a lot to a point where my parents disowned me for a while and I was homeless, like literally homeless. Like her walking on Westheimer. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a bath in Barnes and Noble, like at 22. So things like that, when you, because I knew what I was doing wasn't wrong. I knew I was right. But my dad was so well known in the community literally like mafia. Mm. And he was just not having my behavior of wanting to not get married. Mm. It's just as simple as that. Is that really? Culture? And my parents are very modern. They're very cool, very modern. Right. But he, they were so worried about what people were going to think about me and look at them and reflect on my mom. Look how you raised your daughter. And that's a huge thing in their culture that I didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. until I became friends with her. But like there's so much of they're but worried my, about my, what other people My think. parents are my best friends. Mm -hmm. because they had to overcome and I had to walk away from them two years. So when you were growing up, um, just with your, your dad's hustle and, and him building the family, he hustled, yeah. the, the family coffer, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, you kind of had a safety net and then, right? Yeah. So you're kind of used to a certain lifestyle, going to school, you know, you, anything you needed, you could get, but then all of a sudden- Not quite, because we lived in a house of 21 people. So my dad was the only caretaker. I mean, the only financial, yeah. Wow. His siblings, mm -hmm. my cousins, oh yeah. So she raised like her six cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So it was a lot of work. A lot. Of, a but, lot. The, but financially, yes, the safety net was there. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. for sure. But then it comes down to the point where you just said, I'm not getting married. Yeah. I just. No. Was, was your family trying to push you to get married? Like, yes, the next you? step after college is get married. And then you said, nope. Yeah, I said, I just wanted to live life. I wanted to explore. I wanted to do something. He was like, nope. Was it several conversations or one big oh, one? Oh, it was a couple of years of conversations. Okay. Yeah, like taking things away from me or, I mean, I, when I came back from SMU, I was still pretty young. Mm. And so I went back to school. Mm. And I went to U of H and it was just like, no apartment for you. You got to drive back from home and you got to give back to the family. Like it was just one of those things, which you, you just did out of respect. And then but, I just had too much. And then it was just too enough. I literally ran away in the middle of the night and it put the backpack. And how old were you? 20, 21. <laughs> just turned 21. Yeah. I did that. When and I, I never, like and I never went 16, back. And they found me the next day. <laughs> Walking like, along Westheimer. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, they found me the next day in the garage. <laughs> I 
was my friend's house. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, and my sister was like, you're a piece of shit. My brother was like, you're a piece of shit. You're betraying the family, which I'm, and my gut told me, no, I'm not. It was like a learning lesson for all of us. Yeah. Do you think now looking back, your dad gained a lot of respect for 100%. you because of that? 100%. Yes. Because I, I think that's one of the takeaways. my dad's a very controlling person. Right. And he has a hard time controlling me, and that's what bothers him. But that's also what's driven him, too, is in the face of... By the way, if he heard this, he'd be so mad at me right now, but it's okay. <laughs> but it's You won't hear it. <laughs> he, he needs some hearing aids. This is exactly... See, this is why we can't have a podcast. I think this oh, is I the reason... I won't say it on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason why I think you do need a podcast. <laughs> you know, it, it, coming up as, as female entrepreneurs and looking at taking massive risks in good old boys network in Houston that is truly a good old boy city. Oh, 100%. Right? Yes. And uh, there, for lack of being chauvinistic, I mean, it's it, everything you watch over history, even through TV shows, and uh, it's always a male dominated business, mm-hmm. right? And the Correct. female role is always the secretary. It's the gopher. I it's, mean, look at Sam over there. Just kidding. <laughs> look what you're doing to Sam. <laughs> But she got a good old boy name. You know, I'm gonna, I'm just, <laughs> Sam, you want to swap? Let's just, I don't. Girl. I just no, got, it, is, it is a challenge. Even in the restaurant, yeah. it was a challenge. Like they just, oh, Indian princess, her daddy's money. That was the title in articles everywhere. Mm. London-born beauty, which makes me want to vomit because that's not, that's not how I see myself. But never took it seriously. They wouldn't. Big chefs in the city would come to my doorstep, look inside, and be like, eh, okay, walk off, and be like, eh, it should be shut down anytime soon. That kind of crap. Isn't that crazy? People are so. And shady. now you're working at H E B. Bye, bitch. <laughs> well, that but was patience. very. Spe- that was very specific. But, I know. Yeah. You have rehearsed that. Is. That's been going on up here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I always say, patience. When it comes to stuff like that, when as yeah. much it makes it's upsetting, or it angers you, just be patient and always smile, no matter how you're feeling. Even mm-hmm. if you run into them, hey, how are you? Knowing what how they treated you, it's okay. Yeah, I'll rise above and have patience. How people react in the face of challenge tells more about who they are than the other people, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's how we choose to respond to those situations. Right. You know, sit, circumstances people are never going to go the way that we expect. Our own expectations is typically are set up for for disappointment because we're we're expecting the world to operate the way we will. Correct. They just won't. But when there's that, you realize. Going by your gut, I've always believed that the only true differentiator with anybody is actions. Actions are the separator. People can tell you all day long they're going to be there, going to do this, they're going to do that, mm-hmm. but it's actions. People say they want a promotion, they want to own their own business, they want to do this and that, they want to achieve all actions these great speak things. Louder than words, it is right. it's the true definition of that. And I who's really loyal in every way, right? Yeah. To your mission, to your business, to the cause, to the customer mm-hmm. is action. Do you show up every day and really treat this as if it's your own business? Right. That's that's the differentiator for you, both of you. In your journey of what brought you two together is is kind of this incredible symbiotic journey of needing both types of personalities to really do something together. That's true. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly near is the gift. (laughs) I'm glad you noticed. (laughs) I mean, I put a bow on that bit. (laughs) She actually would. <laughs> Don't encourage this it, is true. But for other, you know, it, and it, it hasn't gone away, right? There's still the stigma of just a lot of uh, 
good old boy clubs, mm. right? Um, that favor. But this is also a stigma of women just being so ridiculously insecure. Even if you don't even know who they are, you just meet them immediately. Judge. Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. That's a great question because it's kind of it's really sad. Mm-hmm. It's really it just happened. I was just talking to her about it last night. From last night, she barely saw this woman. Met her immediately. She was like, didn't like me. Why? Like to where her friend had to take her outside and be like, "What is your problem?" Mm. Like that. Yeah, it's weird. But it is what it is. You have to deal Poise, with it. Poise, the way you carry yourself, it intimidates people. That's true. Right? You know, one of the things my mom said to me, like sixth, seventh grade, I was tomboy and a nerd, right? So she said there's always going to really? be someone. Really? I have to see a picture. Oh, it's just basically her child. Really? <laughs> yes. Armand had it until what? He's like, two I or see three this years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He used to have I real long hair. I didn't make college. Really? Yes. I was always in sports because she that's, had that, that she always was had my that booty, outlet. Though. In a big family and then growing up in schools that were predominantly white and always being put down because of where you're from or your skin color, which I know you think is funny, but it's true. I don't think it's funny. No, you're like, what you call you white girl? <laughs> For real, she is. She's not really this color, by the way. She's, hold on, let me find a non-spray tan spot. She's like that color. That's no real nice. life. It's okay, I'm content. Um, but that was my outlet. So for me, that was the way, because when you come home from school and you got 20 people in the house, the last thing, you can't sit there and say like, well, someone said you're going to hell because you're not Christian, you know? You just didn't. You just overcame it and you figured out how to do it. And for stuff me, it was it sports. Yeah, stuff it down. For me, it was sports. Was it hard going up to just embrace your culture? Um, I love my culture. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, our, my culture is everything to me. It's who That defines me. That's who I am. Right. Yeah, for sure. For you, Amanda, coming up, because uh, and I heard you say you were born in London. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she fancy. She <laughs> bougie. Yeah. Wow. 100%. Hey. Well, hey, my parents were born and raised in Africa. Yes. Yeah, really? So she's like, mm-hmm. I'm black, bitch. <laughs> well, from the, from the back. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. However, she's lost a lot of weight, so her booty's oh gone God, down. Oh, my God. You make it sound like I was some fat fuck before. No, but you've lost a booty. His booty's gone. No, it's not. I'm doing squats. <laughs> she's lying. She's I, not doing I think that actually builds the booty, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. doing squats. She mm-hmm. doesn't do squats. She's lying. I guess I am at home. I'm asking Armand. When I pick up the remote off the floor from last night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go ahead. We digress. (laughs) We digress. When you guys, when you then got in the energy sector, then you opened up your office in China and you had to reboot, you had to start all over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what the second time you've had to kind of restart Mm -hmm. in your young adulthood. Yeah. Right. So when did you, because you sold your energy company, Mm -hmm. right? And then you got into the restaurant business. Yes. Right. Uh, was there a brief time of when you sold or why did you sell? Was there an I instigator? Really? It's like it already went to his peak, right? And I was okay. like, I want to do something else. Right. Yeah. And so that whole startup with that energy company, was that, um, I mean, that was all yours that, that you walked away with. Was there? No, there was partners in it. Yeah. yeah. There was like nine people. Gotcha. All, all men, only female. Really? Yeah. When you sold it and you cashed out, uh, where you're sitting there going, what am I going to do? No, because I already decided I was going to do the importing business design. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so what's the importing business? So I started doing, um, b- working with home builders, custom home builders, doing like faucets and tiles sure. and fixtures. Yes. So my, my um, business plan was taking your budget and upgrading it. And they, most of them were like, you can't do that. Like upgrading your home with all these fixtures without crossing your budget line. 
Okay. And so they were selling their houses before they were built just because of what was in it, because of my stuff that I was bringing in. Wow. Yeah. And then the market crashed. In 08, 09? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it went down to like 20, 25 builders to five. Wow. How did you even step into that space? Because that, I mean, going from the energy sector to now building materials. Because I've always liked design. Okay. Yeah. You should see our place. It's oh ridiculous. Goodness. Your house? Really? My box? Gondo? What do you even call my it? My green box? Anyways, it's in a high rise. Box. Oh, really? Yes. You like the high rise life? Yes, for sure. Yeah. It, After that, 16 years in a home, I, I don't want to be in a home anymore. Yeah, it took her a while to get through that, though. Yeah, it did. It was, she went through a major depression. I was like, your hair's falling out. You might want to get it together. <laughs> really? Well, my main reason for it was my son was younger, and mm. I was always at the restaurant, so it was more of a safety for him. But I didn't like the fact of people can see you go in and out. Like, I liked the idea of just going in the garage, close your door, and you're home. Right. But now they're seeing you like. <laughs> no, she likes the idea of taking her to school in the morning with her booty shorts and no makeup on. But now she has to go down the elevator. Yeah. See everybody oh, in the yeah, lobby. With the booty shorts. I'm like, just let Valet take him to school. It's fine. <laughs> let Valet take you to school. No. That's my family. If they're bored, they would love no. to. It was more like that. You know, just that. And it's a security aspect. Yes. Everybody gotcha. knows him in the building. He's always, I mean, it's one time. Yeah. Okay. Like this one time my son came over with some friends and they were going to go to the pool and hang out. This is like a year ago or something. And then. They came in, you know, their vehicle or whatever, and then Valet would not give them their keys back because they're like, they called us and they were like, are they allowed to leave? Like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, thank you for that. But yes, they're allowed to leave. Yeah, they're really <laughs> yeah. good about making sure yeah. that everyone's safe, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been actually point. a major blessing. Yes, big Being blessing. And now she's accustomed to the high-rise yeah. life and now she won't go back. But I need a bigger space. She does, oh my God. Really? You come over for dinner and you'll see it. Yes, okay. you should. No, seriously. We okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, great. And I you can see love that. And yes, and you can see where we're going to do our podcast. <laughs> and you can give us advice. Yeah, you'd be like, y'all, you'd be like, y'all crazy. 100. percent. Oh, I see what you did there, boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. So, for both of you, uh, for a lot of female entrepreneurs that are wondering what they could do, because you, you've done a lot of different things, right? And figuring out, and clearly, you're not a and I was actually talking to some managers this morning within our company and a couple of them got promoted. And it's kind of scary when you step into something new, mm-hmm. right? And you either lean into it uh, and remind yourself of the things you have accomplished, which when it's something new, you just have to remind yourself what you've done. You're resourceful, you're figure outable, right? So you have to lean on that part of your history to be able to lean into, lean into what your unknown future may be without, right not knowing all the details, but you're going to figure out how to open up an office, how to create, you know, the import business. You're going to figure it out, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, you'll make mistakes, but when you fall flat on your face, you're still moving forward. Yeah. And also leaning on your resources. Who do you have around you that can help? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's huge. And that's what you had. That's what both of you guys have had to do through your ventures. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So Amanda, when, uh, I mean, before you did the event management, got with Jamie, um, you know, what, what experience had you had that, that kind of equipped you to be able to do this? So it was just, it just events that were much lower on the totem pole as far as like, so I'd, I just, I love people. I love hanging out. I love socializing, very, social. a very outgoing kind of person. Um, and so like, I mean, even back to when I was like 18, my thing was like, Oh, I'm going to find a way to throw a theme party and, Make it like a marketing type thing for a restaurant or a club or whatever it was. 
Um, and so that's literally, I had 10% of the knowledge that I needed to have to throw that first gala. Then we threw a golf tournament. Yeah. I don't even know the terminology of golf. Like, and so I was like, my backup plans always get people drunk and they won't know where you fucked up. It's fine. So I'm like, this is why I can't ch throw church events. It's like communion, whole four. Though she communion, has been doing five. some church events. So don't, don't, don't play. <sighs> Social <Yeah>. gatherings. <laughs> fine, they're very sweet people. Take a sip. When you come to a point where you don't know to do something, you don't know how to do something, um, do you immediately, what's your mental process of going, who do I know? Or where do you go to find that solution? Like what it, what, what's within your process of being figureoutable? Do you, because when you don't know something, mm -hmm. you, it's not in your context of experience. You ask. Yeah. Never be afraid to ask. Nothing wrong with that. You ask. And research. A lot of people feel like, and I come across Beneath a lot them, of them, or yeah. that's going to make them look bad. No. No, you look bad when you don't ask. Yeah. You look like an idiot when you screw up because you didn't pull in the people that are around you yeah. and the resources that you have. You look like a prideful shit. When you step oh, into... Yeah. Mm. Major. When you step into uh, a male-dominated industry, even ethos of a, of a city... Who do you go to for help when you're kind of stepping in uncharted territory? You don't really have your family support. You know, who do you go to for help? I guess it depends on what the subject is, what the subject matter is. It just depends. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the, I mean, we have such a great circle network. of people, a network mm -hmm. that respect and they come to us too. And we go to them. So it, it just depends on what it is. Like we want to do a podcast. Man, I should talk to you. As simple as that. Nothing wrong with learning from other people. But so many people are so arrogant and egotistical that they're like, no, I'll figure it out. Well, that's a stupid. I think it's, it's an insecurity. Absolutely. How people are going to view them. Yeah, it is. And it, but it is stupid, but a lot of us have to get over that. Right. Like we've yeah. developed that. That's at, at a point issue. when you really need to figure something out. You do, but it's not at a point where, oh, take, take, take that. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you're just taking from people because mm -hmm. you, you can't do that either. Mm -hmm. At some point you just got to, you have to give or you just got to figure it out. Sometimes you just got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. No one can help you. Just figure it out. Do you guys deal with a lot of, and I'm not going to call them haters, but people that give uh, unsolicited opinions about what they think you no. should do oh, or yeah. shouldn't do? Not All me. The time. She does. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> You're such a fraud. <laughs> Put that eyes in your mouth. She does. No, we both do. But yes. Somebody always wants to give you advice or tell you how to do it better or what you're doing wrong mm -hmm. all constantly. You just nod your head, smile and your head and inside your head, you say, fuck off. But you just <laughs> nod your head and smile. Okay. Has there ever been an unsolicited opinion that uh, was actually true? That was actually helpful. I can't chew ice in the microphone. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I'm, unsolicited okay. opinions for me. I'm, I'm sure always there's torn. Been plenty. I'm sure there's been plenty. Yeah. When I was, when I was like, what? And then I, Thought about, about it or whatever, and you're like, you know it's what? Like, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. You're 100%. Right. You're right. Yeah. And then you go back and you say, you know what? I was mad at you, but thank you. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Got me thinking in a different way. Which is great. I think. But that's also our ego, you know, our pride that we have yeah. to get over and realize, okay, that person. Yeah. I appreciate but then that. And acknowledge it too. And be like, mm -hmm. you know what? By the way, thank you for that. You know, acknowledge mm -hmm. it. Always acknowledge whether you agree with it or not, but acknowledge it. Because it, it, any good or 
negative advice is learning. It's learning. It's constant learning. You're, you're constantly learning. There's no such thing as I've learned enough. You're constantly learning. The journey of life. Mm-hmm. Even when you're 80, you're, just, you're just learning every day. Something. You're learning. Man, these layers getting peeled back right now. Like, I, this is just amazing. It's an onion. I love a onions. huge onion. <laughs> big old, big old, big old onion. Big old onion. Yeah. So dealing with uh, dealing with celebrities, do you have a lot of friends that uh, volunteer because they just want to make a connect? Not friends, uh, randoms. So there will be. There's been several times where we have um, events where there's lots of people that want to volunteer and they come in and and then there's actually been times where we have to dismiss them during events. Because they're just trying to behavior. Yeah, they're trying to run around and. And there's and a lot of people that really like Monique. Really, oh yeah, really love to help. They mm. want to help. They want to see. And it's not about celebrity. No, for them, absolutely not. It's about mm. just helping good causes. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that's super specific to them. They're just. They just have a heart like people. That. My yeah. girlfriend Monique is one of those, and she's alongside. She actually, I met her through Jamie's Hope, and um, through Facebook, she reached out to me. and We had lunch, and then she sent me a thank you card for having lunch. I was like, I will never forget that. And so I'm like, literally, she's, like, who does that? But she has been. She's a old. very good friend now, like very good friend. And every event we have, she comes in and steps up and is our right hand. Oh yeah, and beyond right hand. Without her, yeah, half these events would be tough to do. She's just yeah. amazing. In a culture of dealing with volunteers to get a mission accomplished, <clears throat> how do you maintain a culture of people that maybe aren't necessarily on board with the mission? They're just there to help in some way, but sometimes people can kind of lose their steam when they don't really feel like they're getting a, a return from it necessarily. How do you how do you maintain that culture within when you're getting ready for a big event and the closer you get, the more exhausting it is. There's more and more to do. Time demands get get even more, and Punch you can in the throat. <laughs> okay, or the pussy. You know, swells up you and their what? pants it, don't fit. And the then you got to ignore it. You just mm-hmm. have thick skin. Mm-hmm. But also, we all, honestly, with our events, don't do use a whole lot of volunteers leading up to the event. No. Yeah, it's right. more on site during the event. Right. At the moment, yeah. But we've also, you know, actually, there's Jamie's Hope. Like, I, there are certain people who have been there since the beginning, and they're just this core group of women. And the, we have just developed a friendship through that. And so they will... Come day of, they know how I how we've ran things like so. They step up and they come in and help, and then they have when they recommend people, then we bring them on. Every blue moon, we will have a random person that's because it's a celebrity event, and we have to we just have to dismiss them if if there's an issue. Right. Yeah. So. So how many events have you guys done so far? Oh God, making us count. <laughs> I don't know. Eight nine. Maybe 10. Big ones. Big ones, yeah. And then we do Big smaller ones. things, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So the big quiet elephant in the room is how did 2020 impact both of you guys? Because one is the event. Right. Which All now the you canceled, right? Yeah. Well, what the hard part was is seeing cancer like Angel Tree. You know, like seeing that cause that stuff canceled for families, that, that's tough. Yeah. Or for Wade Smith Foundation, um, raising money to build libraries or educate young kids. I mean, that all that stuff is canceled. So mm-hmm. that's tough to see that that's not happening and this year. Scholarships. And scholarships, kids like, yeah. You know, we discussed, like, kids are still going to college. They still have this stuff going on. But if you don't have the funds to award those scholarships and things like that, like, yeah. and that's what we've dealt with this year. And all these companies that have supported us, like our title companies and stuff that supported us, they no longer can do it, right? Because our mm-hmm. first priority is to keep their own business afloat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, donating was extra. And when you can't do that anymore, it's tough. 
was there a way to try to create virtual events? Because I've seen a lot of people do virtual expos and virtual this and virtual that. It's it was towards the end, the end, right? You can do like virtual auctions, maybe. Right. But we did like the Houston Texans watch watch game, right? Yeah, the watch party. Yeah, watch parties. We, we did, did for Wade like for like just yeah. kind of supporting him, connecting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did that. Trying to do small things, yeah. A few thousand dot like five grand or something yeah. like that, something like that. But, but it's better than nothing. It's better you know? than nothing, but that's half of a scholarship. You know, mm-hmm. it's nothing right. like they would could normally do. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have their Wade's weekend where they do the huge all the kids bus all the kids in. A lot of them are underprivileged and do this whole day for them. Like a field day. It's the face-to-face. It's the close proximity oh, yeah. no, it's access, nice. right? And, That's people, and these are babies. These are and, kids. Yeah, and people look forward to our events. They're like, why don't you guys do another one? Because they know that it's yeah. like super five-star. It's amazing what we mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So that's kind of disappointing too. But mm-hmm. we just have to wait. Luckily, Jamie's hope, like I told you, Garrick, um, he did step up and he took the few families that reached out because there wasn't a big outreach, yeah. you know, trying to find families just because we couldn't do fundraising. But he personally did, right? So he personally stepped mm-hmm. up and paid for, you know, underwrote the families for that had reached out. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So he still did that, you know, like, so in a Wade will still do the same thing. Like yeah. if he's got kids that are like that, he, cause he goes through that process. Like it's a major process of finding these kids, working with different schools of like, interviewing them, seeing what they do outside of just academics Mm -hmm. and how they step up beyond their circumstances where they should normally be like, you know, you don't have parents making you do these things, right? Staying on top of you. You're just, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, whatever, just anyway. So, um, so he goes through that process. So there's probably a lot of juniors that he knew from last year that were in the running for striving to get this and do their, they write their essays and now they're like, can do it, right? right. But he is also one too that would step up and yes, if 100%. that is the situation, he'll mm-hmm. underwrite that as well. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, this was before JJ Watt was a big name, mm-hmm. right? And there was a family, I think it was three or four kids and the parents were tragically killed, I think in a, a car accident mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And he had been, this was, I think somebody got, got wind of it. This was like a year or two after it had happened and he, had been supporting them, like making sure they were taken care of, put scholarships in place for them, helping yeah. the, it, it was either grandparents or aunt, aunts and uncles that became the caregivers for these kids. And JJ was supporting them. And I, you know, it's things like that, that even a lot of players do that nobody really knows about. Mm-hmm. It's not about the optics. It's not about the yeah, PR. Yeah, it's not move, about right? the attention. It's about just from your heart. Do you think, do you ever find that a lot of players, they, they, um, they yes. want some anonymity whenever they support? Of course. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them that do it just for that. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. So. 90% of players do it just for that, for mm-hmm. sure. In an age where, you know, professional ball players, like we had Austin Dean in here that, you know, was drafted out of high school for the major league baseball. And, you know, when you get called, typically when they play in the minors, I didn't even know this, that these guys are, I mean, they're eating bologna sandwiches and Totino's pizza rolls. I mean, these guys are making less than McDonald's worker, mm-hmm. right, when they're in the minors. <laughs> a lot passion. of these, yeah. a lot of these guys wouldn't eat for two weeks because a lot of them that come from like Dominican Republic and Correct. other countries, they're sending money home. That's right. So they don't even eat. That's mm-hmm. right. Right. Just trying to get their break. Um, when you in an age where a lot of people look at players as these endless money pits, and some maybe to a degree, others who are making league minimum still great money, but with the average career of three and a half years, right? You know these guys are getting hit up all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like they get a lot of asks. Yes. How do you uh, how do you help them? Because you said you partner with these athletes and causes and and try to do some good things with them. 
um, how do you typically, like, is there an athlete you're going to go, we want to partner with him? Or how does that relationship Well, there's some athletes connected? that wanted to do stuff with us, and we said no. Mm. I mean, really? we even say no, yeah. Just because of your behavior, your attitude, your outlook on it. Yeah. Right. No. But you're also, this is a partnership. It's a it's partnership. A true you, partnership. Have to put, you have to be hands-on. Yeah, this is mm. you have your to, charity. Yeah. It's not just hands writing on. a check. This no. is their name on it. This is their thing. No, right? it's got to be hands on. Like gotcha. you have to like put some muscle in it. Who's probably the one player that has impressed you guys the most through through your fundraising? I mean, Chris Myers. I we love him and Wade because I mean, we're good friends with him now. But yeah, Chester Pitts. Very yeah. Great man. Very yeah. just good people. And they it's just really have a passion. Hearts, they don't yeah. have to do that. They don't have to do this. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's no joke. Yeah. 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 I remember <laughs> Chester, I met him years ago uh, and ended up getting him and Paul Wall together for a photo oh, shoot for fun. Dub Magazine. That's fine. And that was the funniest conversation to overhear him and Paul just kind of rapping back and forth. Um, <laughs> two of the unlikeliest people to like sit there and kind of, you know, chop it up. Um, but I, I, I crossed paths with Chester again uh, a couple of years ago when I was uh, running an ad agency down in the Galleria and he was working at ZT Wealth uh, upstairs. Um, but I remember being at his house one day and we were just talking about playing and, you know, he's offensive player and he's like, you don't really get all the, get all the, mm -hmm. the hype and the glory and Correct. you do a lot of work. Uh, and he goes, but you're just one play away from ha having your career done, mm -hmm. you know? And it's true. I was listening, I was in my car, this funny Chester Pitt story, because uh, Chester has connected with so many people over the yes. years. I mean, he's yeah. such a good guy. He is. You just, you just want to hug him. Like, I mean, there, I don't know what it <laughs> is about Chester. He, he is. He's ever since that commercial with him and Ephraim, you know, with I play the oboe. Yeah. Right, the yeah NFL yeah, yeah. commercial. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we were at his house one day and uh, he goes, you know, it's just, you just never know. Like you, you give it all you've got. He goes, the hardest thing is to see a lot of these players come in and, they're making league minimum, but they're trying to live a lifestyle like these million dollar players, you know, and mm -hmm. they, because they're broke mm -hmm. and neck and no, no amount of time. And he said, it's hard to get these guys to, to just be responsible with the opportunity they have. Cause it could be one season could be, you know, five reps on the field. And then it's, and then it's over from one good hit or one mm -hmm. bad hit. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, when he got hurt and he invited my son and I up to sit in the box with him and he's got his leg up and everything. And, you know, everybody's like, hey, Chester, and high five and all that. And, you know, we're, we're sitting in a little balcony part. And I looked at him and I said, this sucks, doesn't it? He goes, yeah, just sucks. Because he was trying to come back and his goal was to just make the Pro Bowl. That was it. And I remember I was listening to the radio and Rula was saying how much she loved Chester and she saw the commercial. And right. so I text Chester. I said, hey, Chester, uh, Rula right now is like all about Chester Pitts. And I said, uh, you want to try to do like a surprise connect. He was like, make it happen. So I called Eric, the producer, mm -hmm. reached out to him. And then they led up to like this yeah, week surprise. He's on the show all the time now. Yeah. yeah. So that's how that started. That's crazy so enough. Right. Wow. And I remember what a great story. Yeah. It, and you so just, you made the connect basically. You yeah. You made the connect. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it was, so cool. it was really, I mean, it, why wouldn't you want to do that for someone? We'll have to take a group picture and send it to him. That would be really cool. <laughs> but he, he, he had such a forward thinking, you know, mind, even, you know, he lived in the smallest house in the block where all the players lived. Uh, but he was so smart, you know, and I just, and I remember I kept thinking, man, this guy's going to end up in broadcasting. 
he has the face, he has the voice, he has the personality. Mm -hmm. And then when I remember seeing him on, um, what was it, ABC 13, I think? Is that the channel that he was doing the sports on? Oh, I don't know. I don't watch. Uh, he was always plugging. I think it was Joss A. Banks that was doing his uh -huh. wardrobe yeah. and stuff. But it's guys like him that you're like, what else can I do to help this guy? Yeah. You know, and Chester is just one of many. Mm -hmm. But for you guys, like, uh, of, I mean, I'm sure Chester is one of those guys that whatever you need is just kind of there, whether visible or not, right? Yeah. And there's He's a lot of players yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, we did his, his event in... The bowling event. Was it? Yeah. 2015? Yeah. His bowling event. That was, like, awesome. That was. In terms of what he was making and what we did raise. Yeah. That was cool. I think it was, like, three, three times what he had made before. Wow. And just combining our networks. And it was monsooning the night of the event. Oh, Literally wow. monsooning. But he ended up getting like four or five news stations out there. Like, wow. you know, you have those connects. You have those networks. We just, you've got to pull your resources together to, for the foundation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it was awesome. But yeah, he's a great guy. Nira, how have you uh, weathered 2020 with uh, Ruggles? Rough. Yeah. So as much as that was stressful... Um, we did great. Like the, our, our to go was fantastic. I mean, we were obviously, there's a lot of fear there because mm -hmm. it's unknown again, right? It's an mm -hmm. unknown, like overnight you're shut down, mm -hmm. but you can do to go. And so I think everybody was scrambling, um, more worried about staff, like taking care of our staff. So we yeah. kind of rotated. So we had two people in the kitchen and then one person taking orders, right? For the to go. So we rotated them. So everyone had like something coming. Was in. that a downsized kitchen staff? Yes, for sure. From normally how many in the kitchen on normally any given day? Normally 10, 12 people in the kitchen. Okay. To front of the house, about 15, yeah. 16, yeah. Mm -hmm. Downsize to three. Wow. Yeah, two in the kitchen, one taking orders. That must have been hard. Yeah, it was very, because you don't know. You're like, what are we going to do? You know, like, but then it slowly started flourishing again, and then people were doing to go like crazy. So we, we were... When your overhead is cut that much, mm -hmm. then you don't you don't feel the hit hit so bad. But your I mean your rent didn't get cut. I mean a no. lot of these other operational expenses didn't get. cut. It was cut. up to the landlord to say, hey, I'm going to you know like relax on the rent or something. But we even though they offered that, we did we didn't we we kept paying our rent. Really? Yeah. Was it your own coffers that you had, or did you get the PPP? You know, how did you operationally? We got a PPP. Yeah, yeah. we did. Um, we didn't use all of it, so we did give some of it back. Mm -hmm. But well, whatever we needed, just for staff. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. How long before you guys ended up kind of becoming, are you guys back full steam? Like I'm exhausted. Full steam. Really? Yeah. Uh, when did you, when did you kind of come back hundred percent? June. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, things we, were still we kind of throttled. May 1st. We were allowed to reopen May 1st yep. with those percentages, right? 25%, mm -hmm. 50%. But yes, we were, Full did force. you did you think that was the right call to make as a as a governor to uh, to tell your business that you could operate at twenty five percent, fifty percent? I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Mind you, we had a plenty of complaints of people, so we'd have health department, fire department constantly coming to the door because people complain like they're not doing twenty five percent or they're not twenty five percent and six feet apart. I'm like, I have three people in my restaurant. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You had the socially conscious Karens yeah. calling mm -hmm. and reporting on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That seems that's not a, even the governor. It's that dumbass. What's her name? Karen. Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer. What's her name? The judge? No, what, 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 what the fuck her name is? Sorry. Let me take that out. 
what's what, what's her name? I don't remember. The local name. lady that's trying to make all like trying to overbound or overstep the governor. Judge. D- d- oh, Hidalgo. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's a nightmare. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that she, she's a nightmare. She's actually hurting the economy. She needs to go. We can take that out, right? <laughs> business owners, private business. Yeah. You know, I mean, just from the uh, the Constitution of the state of Texas, a business is given the full rights as an individual mm-hmm. um, to be able to be restricted. That's where a lot of places didn't close, right? I mean, there's there's a gym owner in New Jersey that has remained open since day one, and he's been tacked on a $15,000 fine per day. Uh, and he's been taken to court. They've tried to shut him down. They boarded him up. They arrested him. Um, just keeps tacking it up. Jeez. Uh, it's like this mission. But it's from, not forcible. Yeah. Like you're just trying to you're just trying to scare them. Right. Yeah. And his, his point is stand up. Like it, Absolutely. It's your right to have a business. Stand up. Yeah. Right? I mean, if people don't want to come, okay. If you feel yeah. your health is at risk, then exactly. don't go out. Right. Right. Stay home. We. Yeah, you still go out and you still bitch and moan and you still complain and then they come. They got to check it out and then they have to leave. It's just dumb. Stay home. I think the irony, my wife and I, uh, we were going to California a few weeks ago with our uh, 20-month-old little boy. And uh, we were at Bush Airport and we're waiting to get our baggage, you know, our, our luggage there. And uh, my wife and I were not paying attention. I mean, we're wearing a mask and whatever. Uh, but this lady, uh, there's this couple, uh, I'm going to say 50-ish, you know, look a little bit older. And uh, she starts doing this accordion motion <laughs> at us trying to play it like you listen to some yeah. beats like what <laughs> like what's happening right and uh she was looking at us like you need to back up we weren't on the dot like we i guess we we're a little mm-hmm. bit closer than six feet and she's like you need to back up and have the proper proper space and i looked at my wife my wife looked at me and my wife is an extremely logical person and she goes you realize you're about to sit on a plane three inches from mm-hmm. how many people like if you're that afraid what are you doing in an airport right like where's where's the logic, right? right. There's no it's logic. Just it's just very ridiculous. strange. It's, yeah, it's almost like how does your head working? Yeah, I met a Southwest uh, Airlines uh, pilot. I'll leave his name off of this, but uh, we were actually talking, and he goes, "This mask thing is ridiculous." He goes, mm-hmm. I, "I don't even see why we're we're doing it on the plane. Like it's it's just like you're kicking people off of a flight, right? Because they're mm-hmm. two year old. We've all had kids. Mm-hmm. A two year old. You gonna you gonna tell me a two year old's gonna keep a mask on their face? No, it's ridiculous." It's Absolutely it's ridiculous. wild to me. Mm-hmm. So when I get on a plane, I just take some food so I can constantly put something in my mouth. I don't know where the mask. Food. I keep, Lying, I keep bitch. snacking. It's not food. Yeah, it's a liquid. Well, I didn't lunch. know that they weren't um, providing alcohol on the plane anymore. I was so mad. Wait, what? Yes, girl, you cannot buy liquor on the plane anymore. I no, think you can sounds now. Like we bring our own. No, well, I, was, I just came back. I was a month. No, no kidding. No. What? I know. Why? I'm so pissed off. I did so get okay. coffee. That was new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was so annoyed. Well, we'll bring our own. We can bring the little minis. Right. But then it's you have to go through security. Legal. And if they confiscate it, if they it find it. Confisc- no, no, that's legal. You can do it. It's a thing. But our minis would be like 10 of them in our purse. Okay. And bring a big purse. <laughs> Thirsty. <laughs> Thirsty. <laughs> like, shh, it's okay, Stanley. What do you think is a takeaway coming through this, this whole pandemic for you guys? I mean, because this has tested the resilience of a lot of just business owners and. Mm-hmm literally rotating yeah. like figuring out a way i mean like the to go yes they had yes. to go but like but even now to go is heavy so we yeah. never were set up as a restaurant for part of it being to go but you they're also dining that, room that's only. a takeaway yeah. yeah but it's just like 
making you reevaluate everything, right? Mm. How else making you get creative? How else, like even a nonprofit, how else can we raise money? What mm -hmm. else can we do besides the normal stuff that we've been doing? Right. So it's making you kind of redirect the way you think. Right. Mm -hmm. When you guys started doing to go, uh, were you guys doing uh, offer also offering delivery? Yeah. Did you not do your personal delivery, but like DoorDash, DoorDash or, or Favor? Yeah, we. But they take a that. pretty big cut, though. They do, but we actually took a couple of them off. Like we're like we're done with you guys because they do take a cut, but then they come back and they're like, hey, look, we want to come back because you get a lot of requests from for us to have you, and then they we lower their. Yeah, lower their really. Yeah. I don't think a lot of now. business owners may know that. Yeah. there may be a lot of small businesses mm -hmm. that are just le losing 30, 40 percent. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of um, delivery uh, companies that don't do that. Mm. Like which we ones? Like Chow Now. They're okay. literally the most favorable in, for us. Really? In so they, when they would do their to-go, they're like, uh, whatever, something extra you would get when you use Chow Now. You can only get this special if you go through yes. Chow Now. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, so trying to promote that, you know, because there might be a lot of delivery services, but the masses like don't Uber know Eats about is the most them. expensive. Which one? Uber Eats. Yeah. It's the most expensive. They take, I think they take the, it's close to 40%. Mm -hmm. And we, we canceled them. Yeah. And they came back and said they want to renegotiate. Because really? there's too many people saying like, how about Ruggles Black? Why don't you do Ruggles Black? Yeah. Would you get the percentage down to? 15. <laughs> she is. So for business owners that feel like they're strapped, how would they negotiate a lower percentage? Just get off of it. Let them come back to you. Mm. Don't be afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. There's so many companies out there. Now is so Chow many. Now, is that local? I don't know. Is it? I never heard of it before you started promoting it. Yeah, I think it is local. Yeah. Is it? Mm -hmm. Is it all over Houston or just like inner city inside the no, loop? No, it's all over Houston. Is it? You mean out here? South no, Dallas? nothing's out here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> A lot is actually, actually out here. I mean, you got Chewy's. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just opened a Papa Cedars a few years ago, right? Ooh, two thumbs up. <laughs> Those fajitas, though. Mm, they're good. Mm, I'm telling you. That butter. I don't, I'm not a fan of the butter. Oh my oh God, I'm obsessed. Jeez. I can drink the butter. Oof. But I love butter. A lot. My child made pancakes. She's like, okay, 14 pounds of butter. <laughs> Let's do Our little this. boy's like that. Yeah. Loves love butter. butter. Yeah. Not syrup, nothing sweet. Mm. Me neither. Butter. Yeah. But Just I like the butter and spice. You want butter? You want some pancake with your butter? Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like wow. <laughs> so, you know, moving forward, what do you get? What are some of your goals for 2021? Sleep. <laughs> I can get on the board with that. Well, my husband says you and I need to stop drinking so much, so maybe that's one goal. Okay, mm. one goal is not to listen to him. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> we need a refill. Sitting here on my panani, an empty glass, and he hasn't taken a sip. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's melted. That was that was a big old cube of ice. Uh huh. Um, twenty twenty one. I will definitely I'm working on expansion of the concept. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm like, how hurry up! How I know it's not my money. <laughs> not mine either. <laughs> How many locations? I want to do three. Yeah. That's a quick, tough goal, but that's mm -hmm. where my mindset is, yeah. Privately funded? Just self-funded? Yes. Yeah. One will be privately, then I want to raise money for the other two, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find uh, it easier now to, to raise money for ventures than... No, much harder. Why is that? Because of pandemic. Yeah? Yeah. People's pockets are a little... Uh, Tight. Yeah. I'm like, let go. 
<laughs> what's the, you know, a lot of people, they have the fantasy of like Shark Tank and people investing in their idea, but you know, what's the real nuts and bolts of raising capital? Um, what are, what are a couple of uh, pieces of advice that maybe people haven't really considered or thought of when it comes to raising money for a venture? Yeah. They're like, Oh, I've got the money. You're giving mm-hmm. me money, but what are the sacrifices you have to deal with once you are the, you know, compromises of listening, like <laughs> having to listen to them. They're like, not really oh. silent partners. Yeah. We said mm-hmm. silent. <laughs> <laughs> compromising and those kind of things which you don't agree with but you gotta pick your battles for somebody that has a goal of expansion and let's say they have one or two locations and you know they're they're like they take your time don't expand too quick take your time Mm -hmm. like i'm doing this after seven years almost right while working on it with one location with one location but take your time don't be like oh i can open like it's doing great this first year two years let me go open up two more don't do that really get your feet unless you've got real sound experience yeah but really get your feet planted. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody that's looking at, you know, they want to take their bit, they think it's scalable. They want to do, let's say they've got one location. They want to look at doing a second, but it's going to require some additional cash. They can't necessarily get a loan from, but they want to get an investor. Mm-hmm. What does an investor really look for in a restaurant when you're wanting to success, right? Longevity, consistency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what, our, our people always look for in a restaurant scenario with it's, you know, with dining and from what I've heard from a lot of investors, they don't necessarily look at 2020. They kind of scrap that because mm-hmm. that's not really at the, at the fault of the business. Right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just black mark that one out. Right. Yeah. But we show 2020 cause we did great. <laughs> Honestly, we really did. I mean, surprisingly, even with all that stress and fear, we did. People are just wanting to be healthy again. Like they just want to. Yeah. And I was shocked myself because when you're, don't have a job or you've been laid off or whatever, like you're, you get tight on your money, like you're going to eat at home now. Mm-hmm. But no, they were still, one thing that I've noticed is pe- people are don't cook at home. They are doing like these services that give you box at home and then you put your food together or they eat out, but they want to eat healthy. They want to eat good. They all spend their last dollar on that. I think, and I, this is why I feel that Starbucks is recession proof because there is a power in optics of, you know what, I might be broke as hell, but I can still afford a $5 Dollar cup of coffee. Yes, but the thing is that it's considered a need now. It's luxury all this time, but now restaurants mm-hmm. and coffee, it's, it's a need now. Mm-hmm. It's not a luxury anymore, it's a need. But it, even that, when you order out to a restaurant, um, and regardless of what somebody's lifestyle is, when you order out, you know, let's say you're trying to pinch pennies, and some who, you know, million dollar you know, money makers and they're pinching pennies is, you know, maybe not buy the Bentley this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's proportional. Mm-hmm. Um, but going out to eat to a different restaurant, um, is still that power purchase. It's part of that ego, correct? right? That yet yeah, the world's going to shit, but I still have the ability and I might have less money, but I'm, I'm still going to exercise some ego that I'm still in control to a degree. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go and buy this maybe a little bit more extravagant meal. I'm going to get the appetizer too and the dessert. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny, the little things that we can yeah. do. And then in the end, in the end, it's a higher transaction. It's a higher per ticket average, mm-hmm. right? When you have right. these different incentives. Correct. Who do you really go after when it comes to your restaurant? Like your, your, your core target customer, because you are paleo, you know, uh, keto focused, mm-hmm. but as you said, it, this is not one of those typical restaurants where it's like you're eating cardboard, right? I right. mean, it's flavor and infusion and, a, and just the, the palate experience, right? When you opened, did you, how did you even market it? we didn't have like a market market was everybody mm-hmm. when we opened it just opened and it was my partner bruce that 
has a, a good major reputation, following. major following. Yeah. So it started from there. But when people were like really questioning, like, what is this concept? Mm-hmm. And it was just our PR at that time, just writing articles and just experiences. Just come and experience was basically what we said. Just come and experience. Because your social media definitely uh, tells that visual story of the meals, mm-hmm. right? Because they're so pretty. Right. And we're not huge. Like, we're not like crazy on social media because someone's got to do it. And I'm like, <sighs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's definitely driven uh, for our concept, especially balanced foods. Like uh, the Instagram especially is what's mm-hmm. driven so much. Which is great because it's free. It's awesome. Well, and it's user-generated content. When yeah. customers love it, they post, they share, they want to brag, they want to tag, they want to somehow gravitate with they association. They want to be like the first to try it or the first one to love yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it, even for a restaurant, when somebody goes and they, they take a picture of the food and they tag your restaurant, like that's free marketing. Immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's insane how that has changed the scope when word of mouth used to be. It's a domino effect, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And I, the power of that is even for events. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm sure helps with the events after the fact or even during when you're Commotions, doing yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And and when, they, when people see pictures and stuff, they're like, oh, my God, I want to be there. Uh, no, I want to know about it next time you do it. Please tell me. I mm-hmm. want to come. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It, it makes a big difference. So what with, uh, with the event planning, um, what's next for you guys this year? So we do have the Jamie's Hope Golf Tournament. That's going to be in October. So you may not work with them specifically, but you're still a part of that. So Elevate now consults with them. Yeah. Okay. So usually it's in May, end of April, May, right? This year's going to be October. I think October is going to be crazy. I think this fall is going to be crazy. For nonprofits and events. Yeah, because everyone wants to get back. Yeah. Everyone wants to start living life again. Like everybody wants to have some kind of normalcy. And you've got the vaccine stuff all going on. Yeah. I think by summer we're going to see big changes. Did you guys get the vaccine? No. 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 Just by choice, just don't you mm-hmm. not getting access or just don't want it. Don't want it. Don't want it. Why is that? Um, I'm not a guinea pig. <laughs> not even that. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, true too. I'm not a guinea pig. It's just there's other people that need it. Let them let's handle oh, everybody that's else that such needs a it. Sweet first. answer. That's such true. a sweet answer. <laughs> I'm like, not bad, you ain't poking me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we're healthy. I mean, yeah. even I'm surprised I haven't gotten yet. Have you had COVID? I think so, yeah. Yeah, see, I think so too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I had I a three did. week, I had a three week cough. I couldn't get rid of, uh, like January, February last year, uh, just lingered, um, just kind of couldn't shake it, mm. and it was dry. I mean, it was a, it was the the symptom of it. I didn't know. Yeah. Did you ever lose your sense of taste and smell? I don't remember to be honest. Uh, you would remember that. I mean, it's did so you ever annoying. test for antibodies? No. Yeah. yeah. I refuse to do that too. I'm like, I don't want to know. Yeah. I mean, I see like a thousand people a week, right? Like, like this. I mean, I'm, I don't know. She's I mean, immune. you know, we all have our own opinions. Mine is, it's just, you look at the numbers, you look at this, the, the recovery rate versus death rate. You look at the numbers and percentages. There are a lot of other more egregious killers when you combine the numbers between True. Texas driving and cancer and, and things that are environmental. Uh, I mean, you know, the flu, I mean, how many people continue to go to work when they were running a fever or they were contagious mm-hmm. one way or another and there was no concern and that could intention that could unintentionally put someone who was older at the same kind of risks. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, but you never had the fear factor driving it versus we're in major just media and just fear factor mode with pandemic. this. You know, it, it is, it is a fear. Yeah. Climbing number. I mean, these, these, it, uh, I don't give a shit how many numbers there are. are real to be, I mean, I don't know. And I don't care how many active cases are. It has to do with like how severe 
the reaction of, of those who are severely affected, right? If there is an issue with hospitals mm-hmm. being, okay, yeah, I can understand stuff like that, but just if you're, who ha- you, just somebody having it and being like, oh, spiking cases. Well, I think the question too that, that I've had, um, and even I've known a few doctors and those in the medical field and asked them, you know, when somebody's diagnosed or even, you know, cause of death and they test positive for COVID, they claim it as a COVID death. Because mm-hmm, they get more money. Which is not the case. Which, which overinflates numbers. Correct. Right. That's, yeah, 100%. I agree. That, that's that's just my concern. Mm. Like, you know, let's, if we went back and, you know, looked at, at test results and autopsies and, you know, whatever they did, what was the comorbidity, right? You're, you're, ta- you're tacking COVID on with something else. Mm. The something else was the real reason, you know, unfortunately right. that Correct. that person passed away, right. but because co- they tested positive for COVID, they're now living as a COVID death. Mm. And that wasn't the cause. Correct. Well, our government has given them an incentive to do that. Well, that's the Because they make part. more money off of yeah. claiming that it's a COVID death. So. Yeah. True. So uh, how do you guys like where the uh, the Texans have been this year? A lot of change. Oh, my God. Who? Let's not talk about it. The Texans. She's like, what's that? What's yeah. that? <laughs> no, we're not talking about that. Do you think we're going to lose JJ? Yes, we should. Bye. Like, he needs to go, I mean, go finish his year in a better team this is ridiculous what about deshaun i, I feel sorry t- sorry for him too that poor guy is like i'm, I'm gonna not do anything in life with this kind of management it's, it sucks yeah. i feel actually for so, sorry for them what do you what do you think is the weak link with the texans i mean what do you why do you think they've just been struggling this year for so long and they got rid of o'brien what do you think is what's is it is it inherently the culture of the club like i, I plead nothing. the fifth <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> okay i see i see how it is <laughs> Is it, I mean, I'm, it's tough. I'm about to say it, but I'm no. not going to say it. <laughs> what do you think would... Uh, There's a moron would help, on board. I'll just leave it like that. What do you think would be uh, one of the biggest impacts to get him back on the right track? It starts from the top. Mm-hmm. It starts from the top. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's with any you organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can't I take her anywhere. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways... Um, it starts from the top. So it's literally like you might have some enormously talented, amazing individuals on the team, but if you don't have the leadership leadership. in place, it's not, it's like, you know, one of the interviews with JJ was like, people are showing up late. They're not coming up. I mean, for him to actually, cause he's very good at keeping his mouth shut when it comes to media and stuff. But for Mm -hmm. him to say that it's like, dude, like what the hell is going on there? It's literally a shit show. It is. It's sad. It's It's sad. sad. I ran into one of the, um, defense coaches that just signed with the Ravens. And I'm like, oh, as much as it makes me, because uh, I love him. Like, he's an amazing human being. I've known him for like 16 years. And as much of. But you want to be with a winning team or at least yeah. a team that's right. yeah. wanting to go in that direction, a proper sure. direction. Yeah. You're not yeah. even doing that here. Right. It's so sad. Yeah. I know, it is sad. It sucks. Yeah. He's like, we'll get back. We'll get back. Like, it just sucks. Mm. And also, when you're talking about all the nonprofit stuff, um, so active players can't even come to the events and stuff. Right. Like Deshaun just opened his um, Philly cheesecake. What is it? Yeah, Philly cheesesteak. Whatever it is, sandwich shop or whatever franchise that he's a part of now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he just opened in Houston. Well, some of his players came out. They took a picture as like ten of them or something. They don't have masks on. They all got fined by like the NFL. Wow. Like it's super stupid. Like it's just they're so. I mean, it's it's stupid. So have you guys been to uh, a game live this season? I went to one. 
Okay, so it was so depressing. It was so depressing. So here's what's weird. So of course they pipe in audience cheering and noise on TV, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right? Are they piping that into the stadium? No. no. So it's super quiet. Yeah, it's like that's a weird. funeral. That is so strange. Yeah, it's so sad. I went through hard on the mo- players. <laughs> she was sending me videos and pictures, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Yeah, like it's depressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it so was... that's the whole point of a stadium. Yeah, yeah. it's right. that. Fans. It's that. Uh, that passion that's yeah. seen that. And then think excitement. about the most fun. Like, so we went to Super Bowl a couple of years ago and and we got super drunk and we left like right before Brady started, nice. you know, killing. Okay, anyways. Nice. So, but the fans sucked. The people sucked at, at the stadium. So it's like two teams that are not your teams in the stadium. And I was always thought like, oh, Super Bowl, it's going to be so awesome. Because like Texans playoff games, the energy is insane. It's insane. It's so fun. Like you have the best time. Yeah. But like I was at Super Bowl. I'm like, this sucks. That's why yeah. we got drunk. It's like we're. Is like, that why? Yeah, we're drinking our sorrows away. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> anyways, and the, anyways, so my husband's still mad that we left the game because you know Brady came back and did his thing. Whatever. Cheers. Anyways, what's the point of my story? I don't oh, know. The energy <laughs> in the in the <laughs> thing. So Super Bowl sucks. If it's not your team. <laughs> Yeah, it was your team. You were excited about it, right? Yeah, right. I, I don't. It's like random. So I'm like, right I felt, and I felt violated that they were in our stadium. I'm like, get out. Yeah, she was getting a little yeah, cuckoo. Anyways, a little protective. But so, like, you think about like the playoff games now. I'm like, that's so sad. Like, you have all of that energy, you that experience that you normally have, and now you're just like, mm-hmm. it's crap. Well, same thing with basketball. I don't know anything about that sport. Well, and think about the loss of, of sales revenue too, of just concessions oh yeah. and tickets. Huge. And I mean, what do they, Huge. my question is, what do they know about season ticket holders? So what they did this year was they gave everybody at the beginning, they're like, if you want to opt out of this year, like contact us, blah, blah, blah. You can opt out of this year. And then they went from um, like the, ta- like the ones who very first purchased like the PSLs and the season tickets mm-hmm. from 2012 or whatever, mm-hmm. 2002. And then, um, and then asked them, like, gave them options on seats. But, like, the first 10 rows are completely blocked off. So if you had any of those seats, then you just have to choose a different place. Wow. So, like, Jamie's husband, Garrick, he chose 50-yard line club level seats. Right. So, um, which are good seats, but it's not front row behind the bench seats. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but no. even then, it'd be so boring to be there anyways. Cause it it's is like so sad. Dead. I mean, you could heckle and they would definitely hear you. For sure. <laughs> they hear you anyways. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, but they really hear you. Oh, hear you from club level. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. You can hear them. Even like some yelling. of our friends that are bartenders there, they're saying that. She goes, it's just depressing. People mm-hmm. can't stand you at can't the bar, like at the club bar. level bars. Yeah. Like can't you can't stand, stand there. there. You got to get your drink. And if you're talking too long, somebody will come along and tell you, you to move. Have to move. Like it's Crazy just times. stupid. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. It's too excessive. It's, I got angry. <laughs> I got like sitting I there. I the anger. I was like depressed like i'm like all of these emotions like what have they done to and i don't even know when this is going to bounce back 100 percent. like do you even i don't even know when that's going to happen i don't think really anybody does to be honest i mean um i mean uh, governor newsom just lifted uh the ban on salons being closed and so now allowing to open which changed over two weeks ago mm-hmm. nothing that's election okay. well that's mm. yeah i don't know I'm, I am not a conspiracy theorist. Nobody is here, but we certainly we're, we're critical thinkers. We're logical, trying to connect the I don't dots. Know. I, I can be sometimes. <laughs> it's it's just strange, yeah. you know, when you when you look at uh, how this whole thing has gone, uh, and just the the horrible impact that Five, it's made six on people. Mer- we're going to really get the truth. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit harder before it gets better, mm -hmm. to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that are not, that are not prepared or, th or thinking strategically, you know, I mean, for like you guys, you know, with, with Ruggles, you guys have had measures in place to remain profitable, to pivot, pivot yeah. um, where a lot of others didn't, maybe didn't think they could or, or try to do some things that could help their business. But, but on the event side, I mean, if players are being fined when they're getting together in front of a, a fellow player's business opening, I mean, it's, it kind of restricts, mm -hmm. I mean, what you have a gala that now you have six foot uh, social distancing be between everybody at tables. And, and some of them have done that. But these are also foundations who have been around for 20 plus years that raise mm. millions of dollars, right? right? So they they have a following that's going to give no matter what, right. right? So ours is smaller foundations that we work with and the players that are really, you know, hands on. And so that's extremely hard. I mean, if you go to one of our events, which get it together. Rude. <laughs> but if you go to one of our events, they're very high energy. They're very like, so we're, it's very social. Mm -hmm. It's not the, oh, sit down, have dinner, listen no. to it. It's not, that's not how we do things. So mm -hmm. it's a major. It's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, I don't even want to do it. Like if not, you know, but we just little things that we've had to do just kind of like help out our partners, our foundation partners, like right. stuff yeah. like that. But you guys have come through okay though. As far as elevate. Mm-hmm. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we can still afford vodka bottles. Yes. <laughs> Bottle service all day long. Yes. Well, that's free. For 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 those, and I'm going to say female entrepreneurs that are kind of losing some hope, um, what, it, what encouragement or advice would you give them to be able to get through this right now and get some hope back, get back on their feet, get their business maybe on an upward trend? Where they feel like they just they can't seem to get their get their footing. What encouragement don't would you give, give to up. them? Just yeah. to mentally try to stay strong. Reach out to your resources. Yeah. Figure out what you've got in front of you. What can you use? Listen to inspiration stuff that mm -hmm. kind of builds you up again. Like, but don't Motivation. give up. Mm -hmm. We have a girlfriend of ours that um, she just she's rebranding through this time, like her PR company. Oh yeah, and yeah. opened up an office. But she's just like, screw it. I'm going to go full forge force and yeah. I'm going to make this happen yeah. and do it. Like this. It's all about your mental state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to get that right. Mm -hmm. So how do people connect with uh, Elevate? Uh, then just our website, elevatemanagementgroup.com. Okay. They want to help, volunteer, contribute, whatever. They yeah. can get in touch with you. Yeah. Okay. Our contact information is on social there. Social media. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. all on there. Do you guys run your social media on that? She does. <sighs> I haven't done it for a long time. Mm. I do it when it's event driven. So like if we have something coming yeah. up or everyone's mom. There's messages on there. You check them and stuff. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. But what about Ruggles? For people that are that maybe they haven't been there before. Come on they, by. Where can they find you? Next to Twin Peaks. Kirby 59. Your face light up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just uh, social media, <laughs> Google, Internet. Just you. It's very... Googleable. Gotcha. So funny story. I actually did consulting for Twin Peaks when they first started. In wow. Dallas. Mm -hmm. So you got those peaks right. <laughs> well, what's funny is the the original uh, outfit was designed by the girl that did the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Uh, uh, it looks costumes. like that too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it really does. But it was yeah. a converted rockfish restaurant up in Louisville. And the, uh, the guy that used to be a jam for Hooters. Go figure. Um, <laughs> well, weren't they... Split as owners, and then he started Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They brought in this chef that just did a great menu, um, and that was, they were about to do store number two, 
but I came in to do a little bit of consulting on design and menu and that kind of thing. So interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I guess you're gonna have to come visit the one by my restaurant. <laughs> I mean, I've been to the one here in Shenandoah. It's funny. Uh, have a Shenandoah. Shenandoah. <laughs> yeah. The Woodlands. Oh my! God. It's like so two funny. streets. Yeah, yeah y'all are funny. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, uh, what's your address for Ruggles Black? Thirty nine sixty three Kirby Drive. Okay. And I'll put the handles for your social for you guys too, in this. Um, but uh, any final thoughts? You should let your um, listeners know when you're going to be at Ruggles Black, so maybe they come by and say hi to you. Oh yeah. Or you could do like an off-site podcast from Ruggles Black. Hey. Hey, that's an idea. Hey, Wade could be your guest. That would be cool. Wade loves Ruggles Black. Does he? Mm -hmm. That would be cool. Not just because he's black. We can set that up whenever you yeah. want. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe a really good guest. There, you know, honestly, for for so many people, that it's the come up. You know, I mean, this whole thing is you know discussions with winning underdogs. When you guys are, I mean, it's taken. Look, whatever's going on in life, you just gotta have a positive attitude. You know, even when even when even shit's when super hard, super shit, super down, mm-hmm. you gotta find a way and, and and surround yourself with a positive people around you. Keeps mm-hmm. you up, keeps you lifted. I can also help you see the good and yeah. what you're doing I mean, and the, don't the get, outlook. Don't get us wrong. There's been plenty of moments when there's been fetal position in the shower crying. Many, many moments. How do you but step you, out of but that? But you got to let it out. I mean, you have to let that mm-hmm. out. But then you got to dry yourself off and start, just keep on moving forward. Just got to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Can't go backwards. Because the, the, the result is regretting not giving everything you've got to it. And I did have a life coach the one time that told me that feelings are like a fart. They come and they go, and sometimes they leave a stench. So you can't give in to your feelings. Every the time she tells me, I just get cancer. Like, not a so therapist, like a life coach. Feelings are like a fart. Well, was your, what was your therapist, Garfield? That's, 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 I mean, that, that's pretty good, but that's funny. Wow. What's your therapist, Garfield? That's, that's one of the good. wisest words she's ever said from the stage. <laughs> pretty good yeah. I'm like, know, Stanley feelings are like a fart <laughs> this too shall pass <laughs> so another uh, another uh, female entrepreneur if you will in Houston that I recently came across is Brene Brown mm-hmm. you guys know of her mm-hmm. uh, she wrote the book Daring Greatly in a, in a series of other books uh, she's a professor at U of H okay oh I didn't know that yeah I just knew her from like her like books well she had the number one TED talk okay right, wow. to, to date yeah, it's amazing. I'll send you the wow. link to it. Oh, okay, awesome. To Which yeah. TED Talk is like, you know, 18 minutes and you got to sum up your your thing, right? Yeah. Uh, incredibly powerful. Wow. wow. Yeah, please yeah. do send us the link. I would love to. Yeah, I, I think, and that's why we wanted to focus on people in Houston because the, the true game changers and the stories of up and comers. It's, and it's immense yeah. how many incredible stories. I mean, yes, you look at the Tilma Fertitas and all that, but even that from a guy that opened up his first hotel when he was 26 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. and just his goals that he had, and he kept reaching them. And that's, you know, even why asking you guys, you know, what are your goals? Because if we don't have goals, what do we have? Mm-hmm. We lose that sense of purpose, right? If we, if we don't have a purpose, we don't have a way to feel progress. And without progress, we're not building our self-confidence. You're also putting yourself in this form of depression, which you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's from a lack of feeling you have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's It's dark. You, you've it just kind of, it's like the, it's like a, a pond that j- there's no moving water. It just gets stale. It just starts to just become the cesspool. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not good for anybody. 
right? And I think not just for yourself, but your surroundings, your family, like everything. I think uh, for anybody to, uh, if they find themselves in a funk and they feel themselves stale, whether in their business and their life and their goals, whatever it may be, is find somebody who's making progress. Align yourself. Surround with them. yourself with yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have to people that are genuine. I mean, a lot of people that are very disingenuous and they're they're looking of you know who can kind of boss over them and but the people that are making moves that you can go. I mean, because I think like for you two, I mean, you you two found each other, right? And, and just feed off the strength of each other, you know. And, and it's kind of the yin and yang. Um, even at look of I don't know if you guys have ever thought of this, but of kind of a, a female mentorship of young up and coming you know female entrepreneurs in this city to give, you know, spread your insight and, and help, even if it's just, you know, the the connection of, hey, if I ever have a question, can I run it by you kind of thing? You know, whether it's a Facebook group or your mm-hmm. podcast you guys are going to do or something that allow you guys to take, I mean, you, you look at your journeys that you've had so far, right? And the things that you guys have faced, the things that you have overcome. There's so many things that we still have to live through, mm-hmm. but up until this point, you're 500 steps in, you know, somebody that's one step in, it's like, man, if I can only be where they are, right, it is making yourself some, somehow accessible to those that need a beacon. Yeah, we actually do have a lot of people that reach out to us about when they're starting nonprofits or if they should start or, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You um, kind of help guide people through that a little bit? Yeah. So oh, it's just, sure. especially, I mean, we'll just, I mean, I have a meeting with somebody tomorrow about that. So mm-hmm. it's just, we'll have a lot of people that, a lot of times I'm like, don't do it. You have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> it's going to suck for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to weather the storm. Yeah. But the reality is help people understand what they're about to face. Right. Yeah. Right. That's Versus. Exactly. I think some people will just not tell you just to watch you fail. That's or see if you will That's fail. That's a super yeah. shitty person. A There's a lot of people out there like that. They yeah. want to just see if you fall on your face. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Wow. Get their popcorn, get their drink. Oh, watch this. Yeah. yeah you right. suck as That's a That's a restaurant industry for me. Ugh. Not anymore, but it was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just waiting to like this place shuts down. There were bets going. Mm. Wish I wasn't on that bet. I would have won. <laughs> Ladies, thank y'all. Yeah, thank coming you for on today. Us. Really appreciate your sharing thanks your story. For, thanks for sending the chopper, and so we not. To thanks try. for indulging us. It's the least we could do. Thanks you for know. the drinks. Hey, you know, such a good swallower. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And on that note, yeah. you're welcome. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're up. Nira, Amanda, thank you guys for coming in today. Thank you for really, having us. Really enjoyed getting to know fun. you yeah. guys. I mean, you and I go way back, but I'm still trying to remember where we first connected. Oh, God, I don't know. It, it must have been some kind of club event or something. Yeah. And I was, man, I mean, nine, ten years ago or something, mm-hmm. it seems like. A lot of life yeah. in, those, in those years. A lot of life. Yeah. Ten years. Think about ten years. Shit you're done in 10 years. Mm-hmm. But thank y'all. Really means a lot. It was fun. Appreciate you coming on. All right, guys. You want to connect? The links down below in the comments. Say hi. Follow them. Uh, go to Ruggles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of a great cause that's helping connect athletes with great NPOs and great causes, if you want to help, management group. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next time.